0: Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part time magician. Would you like to see a magic trick? Who is this? You know all our names. You're getting out of here. Cut up the phone! The Black Phone Ridded R. All right, here we go. Hello.
1: Welcome to Movie Sugtastic.
0: I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. What? No, it's just the. I I, no, it's not you. It's just I have to stop the video. I have to. I apologize to everybody. Why is this just gigantic? What the fuck happened? I, 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 I don't know. I give up. <laughs> I just give up.
1: <clears throat> of course I unmute and cough to clear my throat cuz I'm an idiot.
0: This is just like terrible.
1: So so what's the problem? I I'm not know I I don't I'm not there with what, what's going on.
0: It it's not No, This is all just my as the young kids would say, janky setup. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to go build, you know, a, Those a, hooligans. A, I had to go build a new computer obviously. So yeah, so it's just getting out the kinks. I'll have it. It'll be ready. It'll be right for next week. All okay. right. All right.
1: Oh, but we'll still press on. No worries. I'm not even using the backgrounds. I'm showing my cluttered office, home office.
0: Well, I got to put you in the frame, but yes. Yes, Yay. you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going old school. Just got my murder scene, murder board behind me, some... Some books on science and conspiracy theory, and naturally, conspiracy theory is to the left. Uh, this is more New Age over here. Uh, media behind me is like science.
0: So. Science, which is what my science, shirt says.
1: Bil- my shirt says. Cultural uh, science. Oh, my, my says my chemical romance. <laughs> yeah,
0: I got a, a Bunsen and beaker shirt on right I now. I think
1: I've seen that. I like that one.
0: Yeah, I love be- uh,
1: My my mother loves beaker. Meep, 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 meep. Oh man, <laughs> I, that's my fucking childhood there. Well, you know,
0: we we took the kids to to Disney uh, this this past summer, and we go and do we did almost every ride that was there. But you know, it's hot out, it's humid, it's gross. So when you're waiting for, because uh, we were in a queue system to do a, to do rides, so you're waiting for a ride, so you go and you do. Other things that you don't really have to wait for, like the the Muppets uh, 3D experience. So we went and did that, and this is the same one, and I love it. I'm glad it hasn't changed. It's the same one that I did the first time I ever went to Disney World when I was 16 years old, uh, 30 years ago. So it hasn't changed at all. So when we went to go see it, my kids, they've never been to Disney this is their first time because I refused to spend thousands of dollars on a trip that my kids aren't going to remember. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, uh, you remember that time I took you to Disney? It's like, no, I don't. Oh well, you know, I spent like five thousand dollars on it, so that was money well spent. So I
1: feel that way. I feel that way about people. And you've had two kids, and I, you know, one of them is my godson, so you know, I'm sympathetic to parents on a certain level. Sure, but. Um, I feel that way about even taking like babies to like movie theaters or restaurants. It's like, if you don't have anybody in your life, just stay the fuck home for a couple of years. (laughs) That's your job.
0: Well, you know, when we, you don't,
1: you don't, you don't, you're not entitled to go out to dinner or go see a movie, leave the fucking baby carriage at home or stay with the carriage at home. Right. The adults want to watch Iron Man true fucking story you were there
0: i was (laughs) there that was uh, july of 2008 and these people they just come in with a baby carriage and of course what happens it's it's a it's an action movie it's a comic book movie explosions and then what happens the baby starts screaming they had to leave luckily they were smart enough they weren't smart enough to not bring a baby but they were smart enough to fucking leave when it was ruining the movie for everyone you know, it's funny, Mare and I, when we had kids, and I'm not, just, I'm not saying this to, to 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 sound like I'm smarter or better. It just, I, 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 I mean, you I, are. I, I want to say that I just have common sense uh, when it really comes down to things like this. We never really took the kids when they were young out anywhere where we would be disturbing other people, and if we did, say go to a restaurant. We did it. We timed it. Be like, okay, uh, Danny just had uh, his bottle. He is going to sleep for an hour because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the diner. Let's not go to a restaurant, like a sit-down nice restaurant. Let's go to the diner so we can go get a cheeseburger and be in and out in an hour. Like, that's how we used to do yeah. shit like that. Ch-
1: children of any age are acceptable at a diner. That's a different ball game entirely. Anybody that lives in like the Northeast, I, I believe, I'm not sure what it's like on on like the the West Coast or down here. I know they have, I don't have as really, there really aren't that as many diners down here as up north. Right. But um, I'm, I'm in Texas, if you care.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I can
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm not saying you can't go out in public with children at all, but you got to have some fucking clue. And you obviously you've always had a clue. Um,
0: yeah. I well, I, I mean, gotta, like we'll, we'll go it, and. We'll go anywhere and we'll see, you know, husband and wife with their, their very, obviously very young child. And I'm, and I just lean over to mayor I go, these people haven't figured out that they have to change their lifestyle yet. Yeah. You know, because that, that, that point, that turning point is coming, you know, it's like, you can't just do whatever the hell you want. You are going to have to change your lifestyle. You've had a child.
1: Yeah, we're not going to argue with each other as far as how stupid the average person is. Um, but since we are on a tangent and we're talking about dealing with people in public, I will say uh, I just went last night to see our uh, friend Gary uh, Gerard, a yeah. radical romance. So he, they were playing in Dallas. I went to see him last night. Great show. Um but I, I was very trepidatious, um, I believe I'm using my, that word correctly, uh, the, uh, about going because I've really gotten really bad with crowds lately. And even like the last time we went out to see something, it was the the new Mystery Signs 3 to 3000. They were on tour. Uh, they were kind of promoting the new TV show that they're doing, the new season. And uh, like that, as I, w- it's, I was supposed to be among geeks that are my kind and be comfortable. But I just like I got a bad vibe in the theater while we were waiting. And then sitting down, we had I had I, I, I bumped into at least two or three people I wanted to strangle by the end of the night. Got it. It's one of those kind of deals. Yeah. So I was going going to uh, an emo concert. Uh, you know whether that's pejorative or not. I'm not sure. I just, I feel like that's based on the co- costumes I saw around me, I, I was overdressed, vastly overdressed. <laughs> and I wouldn't go. I, and I, I was so overdressed that I wouldn't be allowed to go into work that way. That's how overdressed I was. It was weird. Wow. But my point is, uh, I was just really expecting to have troubles and I didn't want to because I'd go with my whole family and it was supposed to be fun seeing Gary and everything. And we had, a, we'd had zero issue with any people around us. I saw a friend from work that was there. And even the guy sitting next to us uh, kept trying, uh, try, kept trying to get uh, Holly to have us uh, take a, so we could take a. He could, pick, you know, I'll take a picture of you too. She's like, no, we're good. We took a couple of selfies. It's okay, I don't mind. It's like, no, go the fuck away. And even got to <laughs> the point where he's getting up and she, he's asking her, you know, can I get you anything? while I'm up. She's like, you know, water costs fifteen dollars. Why are you asking a total stranger this? And <laughs> I, I'm 100 percent convinced that he was hitting on her. Okay. Uh, she says no because he was making out with his girlfriend at the time. like during throughout the concert, I don't think that, I don't think that rules anything out. That doesn't matter. See, thank you. That's the first. That's what I said. It doesn't matter.
0: Does he have a dick? Then yeah. yeah so.
1: Hey, it, as far as he's concerned, but I'm like, as far as he's probably concerned, best case scenario, I take home both of them, and Scott <laughs> drives home with the kids. You know. I
0: don't know. You know what's ironic uh, about you seeing uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand? One of the last things I ever the well, it was actually the last thing I ever saw before the pandemic was in full swing, where shit just got shut down, was in March of twenty twenty. I want to say it was like March thirteenth. Like I remember very vividly on that Monday, which was like the fourteenth. Or the fifteenth, or something like that, shit got shut down. Where I was like, um, you shouldn't leave your house for a month, and if you do, you know, you know, wear a hazmat suit. Basically, the last thing I saw was Mystery Science Theater three thousand at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New Jersey.
1: Holy shit! Really? Yeah. What were you doing up there?
0: Uh, My sister Gabby took me. uh, It was uh, it was like a. A late christmas well it was a christmas gift that uh-huh. she got she got it for me for christmas but the show wasn't which, obviously until march
1: and which what which i'm sorry which mystery science was it
0: it was mystery science mystery science it was the stage show that they did uh, mystery science theater 3000 they had like the bubble tour um hmm
1: was it was it the one was it the one where joel was on it
0: yes yes it is and then they they, i I don't remember what movie they showed but it was really good
1: that's we that was the first thing we that i saw with holly uh i think the first time holly went to the theater down here was phantom of the opera with wesley but when we moved down here the first thing we saw in a theater in dallas was that tour that you saw with gabby
0: oh Um,
1: that was was his like last tour with as an mst3k so it was was like a kind of a retirement thing
0: got it got it got it um but it, yeah, so that was funny. that it was literally we we went. It was a Friday. It was a Friday night. We went there. We went to Cuban Pete's for dinner, and then the whole world shut down two days later.
1: <laughs> here, so here, that, that's very funny. So that was the first last thing you saw before everything shut down. So the last thing I saw before everything shut down was Escape Room oh, opening weekend. God,
0: that's right. That was because that's when
1: I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start going to movie theater that stopped quick <laughs> but that was the last thing i saw and that was even a while before the whole covid thing because that was january obviously it didn't right. happen to march that everything started shutting down the first time i went to the theater since then because we saw weird out before that was mystery science theater 3000 the bubble t- the bubble tour or whatever the time bubble tour that's what it was and that's the one where i had the people i wanted to strangle uh. so my so my first time back going out in public to do something for entertainment did not go well so (laughs) going out to a so going to a meet and we we we, honestly i'll I'll, i've been very critical of joey and his family and and trying to do so very politely because i I don't want to be an asshole Mm -hmm. but they've done things without masks that as as that make that just i don't (laughs) agree with all right, I've been very careful and I'm I'm pro- I'm the only person in this household I think that hasn't really gotten sick during all of this. Uh and and I'm not saying my family hasn't been as cautious as I have. They have. That's the miracle. But we did not bother with masks at the concert. I was like, you know what? If this is the one place where even if I'm wearing a mask, that's not gonna fucking help. I, I this i I have to walk across the street at this point and risk getting hit. So I, you know, I'm not proud of it. No,
0: uh, listen, I get I, 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 it. You got to live I, I, your life. I mean, you're vaccinated. They have what? the new vaccine that's out now that has a new Omicron uh, variant. So,
1: but but you had Biden say that the that the uh, pandemic is over, but we're still a problem with COVID. And so you have a segment of the population that I agree with that is like, you know, what? I'm fine with this being done. I'm done with it, and there's all those another population of part of the population I also agree with. That are like dude, it's still fucking happening, people are still dying by the month, and if we stop trying to protect ourselves, it's going to get fucking worse, but ever like actually this week, I stopped wearing my mask at work because' honestly we don't have a lot of people in, in, in I don't get close to anybody at work yeah. anyway
0: I mean at the, the last uh, the last couple of weeks I, I actually did the same thing it's just we have twelve people in my office
1: yeah I, I still put it on and the I kitchen,
0: have my kitchen own kitchen office. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have my still, own office a with a, with a door that can close and everything.
1: Yeah, as a family, we still wear it going to the grocery stores, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't trust so people. I, out I, I, out I just there. got the. You know what the vape the vape shop I go to occasionally. There's one guy there. I just walk in and walk out. <laughs> I, I, I'm fine. I'm getting a little sloppy, and I might be contributing to the the public's lack of concern about a problem that is still there and still potentially deadly. And I feel bad about that. Uh, but I, I just wanted to come clean on that. I don't even know why I got in a sidetrack. I don't. Um,
0: it's okay though.
1: It was about Gary. I no, we were talking about MST3K,
0: MST and I was saying MST3K, that the, oh, last, that like the, the that last, last the last thing I the- saw the- before they shut the world down was MST3K, and, right. then, and then we
1: got.
0: Then I was saying yeah, it's that- ironic that they just announced that the pandemic's over, and you <laughs> you just saw MST3K. It's like the world's ending when I went the last thing, and then it's like hey everything's great when you went. Yeah, <laughs> thought that I think it's that's just- ironic. It is. Don't you think? So we're uh, 15 minutes in, and we haven't talked about the movie we're reviewing. I, so,
1: I don't even think we've mentioned it by name.
0: Yeah, no, we haven't. And this is how this is how we get viewers, man. This is how All this right. is how we bring in okay. the big bucks. All right, let's. Just which say this, by that means, I mean zero dollars. Just,
1: just. Oh, I apologize. Uh, just, just for context, for anybody who's like stumbling upon this somewhere in the future, uh, light years from here. Uh, this is part two of kind of a reunion show. We kind of went on hiatus for a few months uh, over the um, last few months. I don't know uh, what holiday it was—Fourth of July, whatever. Uh, we, no,
0: we, no, it was. It's worse than that. Our last show was March seventeenth of twenty twenty-two. It was an Oscar episode. That's, that's right. We did. That's we the last take time a break we recorded before
1: the, after the Oscars and before the Oscars because it was so much work. But it, just so much going on in our, both of our lives. Uh, and I think, and with recession, and I think everybody's feeling that kind of pinch. So we just had to take a break. So this is—we this, haven't even talked really since then either, the two of us, except for occasional texting. So yeah. this is kind of a reunion for us as well, uh, so as well as a reunion for you pe- with you people. We're kind of—you uh, know—we're trying to do. What a do you of
0: format, mean, you people?
1: No, no. What, what do you mean, <laughs> you mean people? Um, so we're we're trying to reach out to. Um, we're, we're trying a new format, which we're totally fucking up already it's, it's okay trying to do shorter I, I, episodes I and do more decided uh, to
0: build a new pc and have nothing but sound and audio problems exactly, or sound we, and audio we, i mean sound and video some, problems
1: yeah but we're gonna try some new stuff i want to try to be more involved coming back we just want to try a positive spin uh so uh, pardon us for the stumbling in the beginning but we're just we're so happy to be talking to each other again and doing this show we've been doing it for, oh, jesus christ over 11 years 12 years
0: it's t- it's yeah it's 12 years
1: Twelve years, and, and we have nothing to show for it.
0: <laughs> we have almost four hundred episodes,
1: which and, is pretty,
0: and, pretty goddamn good.
1: And, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm already thinking like the montage to make to be played at, at my funeral. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know the way. The way I look, the way you know. I look at this, the way I look at it, and I'm being honest here. You know, when when someone in your life passes away what kind of memories do you have of them do you have you have pictures in some instances you may have video or something like that you know i feel that whenever it is we'll say a hundred years from now when we're gone i always do that a hundred years from now when we're gone people that we know and love could come back and actually hear our voices and see us you know what i mean it's i think it's a pretty pretty interesting way to be remembered whether our show has no listeners or a bunch of listeners but we're going to be you know in a in a way you live kind of forever
1: You know i haven't looked into this i don't know if it's a thing or not everything's a thing so it probably is and i'm not thinking of like a podcast where this would be something for the public but i've really been thinking the last few months i want to start getting my parents down and interviewing them like podcast style okay and just talking about like my childhood and their lives about stuff i don't know just 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 to kind of like get at least a verbal history of it and maybe i could write up something later if i if i want if i could get my fucking writing in gear but um, but if nothing else, just to have like a, a an oral history of of my life with my parents.
0: Sure, yeah. you know.
1: So it, it's just something that's been on my mind lately, and I am totally off topic. But uh, since you brought that up, uh, I thought I would put that in. Well, and, since, since
0: and uh, we're talking about childhood and we were both born in the seventies, oh, let's dive into the Black Phone, which takes place in nineteen seventy eight.
1: So, by the way apparently the 70s is just fucking that 70s is where every child molester ever happened ever right uh yeah every film now they say they're doing so we're doing a film about child molesting so, all right so set in the 70s right so, oh <laughs> obviously obviously Is the perpetrator gonna have a mustache well usually that's traditional but we may stray from that this time because it's probably a mask and it's to be you know complicated other than that, though, yeah, it's right, you're right on the nose. 1970s, it's going to be somebody in the suburbs. There'll be a van involved. You know, everything that everybody's been afraid of since then.
0: That's right. <laughs> I mean, my whole childhood, yeah, so, it's like, don't talk to strangers. If they offer you puppies oh, so, and candy, don't go near them. And if they have a van, fucking run the other way.
1: I'm actually not even sure. I just want to make sure that we have already stated that the, the film that we're going to review today is the black, uh, the black phone.
0: It is the black phone.
1: Yes, we were doing Black Phone, uh, twenty twenty two. Uh, I've heard nothing about good things about it. Actually, it, it came it out came in twenty
0: twenty uh, Oh,
1: 2021. twenty twenty one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I feel like I have no sense of time anymore. It's okay. We had this discussion.
0: Now this is based sorry. on uh, 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 on the novel by Joe Hill. Um, if nobody knows who Joe I was Hill, not aware of that? Yeah. If nobody knows who Joe Hill is, he's Stephen King's son, and it's. Smart, in my opinion, that he didn't go by Joe King um, or, you know, Joe King. Uh, well, I, <laughs> but he, he separated himself from his father because his father is you know, such a famous author. It makes sense to All do right. that.
1: Just, just, uh, just for a little context, don't forget his father, Stephen King. Uh, just, Just to ensure that his writing wasn't being judged because of his stardom, uh, published films under uh, published books under a pseudonym, uh, Richard Bachman, uh, the Bachman books, and wasn't right. revealed until later. And I don't know if they've ever been confirmed or deni- or, or squashed, but there have always been rumors that the uh, books published under his wife's name were written by him, or or vice versa that she wrote books. Under, no, no, vice versa that she wrote books that were published under his name. They're like, no, he didn't even write that. But he posted under under, her, under their name to see if they got published yeah you know, there's always he's always his Stephen King's always been aware of that always been concerned about that okay because he became famous at such a young age as a writer right. and such a vast output so, so his so, wife
0: was writing a book and he put it under his name because he knew that he would get it published because of that
1: supposedly it's a rumor I don't know if it's ever been confirmed or squashed interesting but i know at one point i don't have my finger on the pulse of that of the entertainment world so i don't know if that's ever been i I, that might be an old rumor like like the fucking uh clinton death list you know so don't quote me on that that's just what i heard i i get all my information from rumor and innuendo like anybody else (laughs) uh um but anyway the reason we brought that up was
0: black mask I brought it up well the black phone yeah black mask would you say black mask I said black I said black mask
1: black mask okay Uh, I brought it up because it's that's the Jet Li film right
0: black mask
1: black mask
0: oh yes it is yes it is
1: I I thought you said black mask
0: it did say yeah whatever You're killing me.
1: <laughs> I don't know where that t- I don't know where how, where that tangent went or why, but let's get back on this spot. Nineteen seventies child molesters, the black phone. Very now, it's a very straightforward. Well, con- I don't sorry, think this this I don't yeah, think, I mean, think this chain.
0: character that played by Ethan Haw- Hawke is a child molester. I think he he just abducts and kills children.
1: Okay, we're going to have the same conversation I had with uh, Prey. Okay. All right. It's never said, but. R- r- is agree? I, I I I think you talk, you're talking about the that, you're tr- talking
0: about the naughty boy term in the film.
1: Naughty boy. All right. All I'm going to say is I think the same thing happened. Right? Where, where I turned to Holly and said, "Yeah, so can we agree that rape is on the table here? They're not saying it. It's not being explicitly uh, pointed out, but we can agree that before he kills these children, he's got to be raping them, right? <laughs> and and by the way, there's one line in the film that backs up my my belief.
0: Okay. What is it?
1: oh tell right now. okay tell me now so, well, I,
0: I don't we, care if we, we move around uh i really want to try and we're 24 minutes in and we're just talking about the film now
1: sorry so well, let me get the basic run of the film i just want to i don't want we're not going to drag it long but we we're, we have to give it some uh, we're trying to go for a structure i don't even have built out yet because i'm a fucking idiot but let's just bear with me okay <laughs> okay follow my lead
0: i'm following
1: all right title of the film the black bone yes what's your feelings on the title
0: uh, I'm good with it, because the climax of the well, not the climax, but it leads up to. Um, it leads up to why he can answer the phone.
1: Okay. Yeah. it's 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 a great it's a typical horror. F- now that I know it, I, I went to this film blind, so now that I know that uh, Joe Joe Hill was behind it, uh, I, I, I I understand. It has that kind of horror horror novel title where. Uh, the black phone is an instrument of the uh, it's a plot device that keeps the plot going and like moves it but it's not really what the film is about no and that's perfect that's a that's a great that's how you that's how you title a film i thought it was a great title
0: i I was good with the title too and you know it are we doing spoilers on this
1: does anybody ever actually say the black phone in the book in the film
0: um no They see the phone, but I don't hear the phone. Yeah, Ethan Hawke. I mean, when he's like picking up the phone and he's putting it to his ear, Ethan Hawke keeps saying that that phone hasn't worked since I was a kid, which is kind of creepy. It's like that downstairs was used for something else at one point, or did it always look like that? (laughs) You know, it's like it's like why is there a phone at all? But he would always say that phone hasn't worked since I was a kid, and then he keeps coming into the room and he's on the phone he's like i told you that phone doesn't work you know so you figure out why he can uh talk to whoever's on the other end which is interesting because they don't they, they don't they don't give that away until i mean after the first couple of times he's on the phone you kind of figure it out but
1: I think it's cleverly set up. So yeah. let's let, look at it this way. So the, the the whole film is basically there's a small town in Colorado in 1978 where children are disappearing off the streets. And and uh, so it's like your typical um, stranger danger concern of the 70s. Everybody knows it's right up there with satanic panic. Everybody knows about it. Right. So the film is centered on that whole idea that kids are disappearing and we meet two main children who have an alcoholic father played by what's his name from Lost
0: No. Uh, yes, he was in Lost, but he was also the little kid from E. T.
1: That's right, but I remember him from Lost, and Holly kept saying through every time like he would come in, Holly would say something like, "Yeah, he's been stuck here ever since he got off the island." Just shit like that, and that's uh, why he's all drunk.
0: Jeremy Davies.
1: Yeah, and he works at a nuclear facility. There's a. I took a screenshot to, to check that they show it briefly on his chest. So this alcoholic child abuser is working at a nuclear power plant yeah. which is in line with because he was a physicist on Lost. so it almost is like yeah this is an alternate reality where he didn't go to the island and he's just <laughs> fucked in the head um yeah. but anyway yeah so we meet these two children who are friends with these kids that are disappearing some of them and his father's an alcoholic abuser that beats his kids because uh his uh, i think i think the perfect plot description for the black bone isn't anything about ghosts and kids, like kids in basements or, or spiritual stuff. I think it, it. I think the film should be described as the touching, heartwarming story of an alcoholic, abusive father who reconnects and bonds with his daughter over the kidnapping of his son.
0: <laughs> I like it. I'd watch that anyway. I'd, I'd watch that.
1: And I kind of had an idea of where the film was going to go with his character as soon as I saw who was playing it, because right. he is a very sympathetic actor. He really, everything he does is about sympathizing with him. He just, is, he sucks it in. So you you knew there was going to be a chance, some chance of, uh, spoilers, some chance of. Uh, um, oh, wait,
0: that's not that, the guy from E.T., is it?
1: I don't know. I'm not going to argue that. I just know he's lost.
0: He Yeah, he's in, lo- uh, I'll yeah. look it up real so, quick, but. No, that so is he, that is not him from E. T. Um, sorry about obtain,
1: that. If he didn't obtain um, absolution, at least he got. Um, um, uh, or no, if he if he didn't he didn't really get any he didn't really obtain redemption, but he did retain absolution. Like asked, begged for forgiveness, apologized for being for beating his fucking children while he's an alcoholic. Right, you know. And I think um, he went
0: in that direction. I mean, they don't. He might have always been an alcoholic, but it definitely has gotten worse since his wife committed suicide
1: see i I like a film that's not afraid to give context and background to something and not be afraid that that's going to be taken as apologizing for the behavior this is a guy beating his children for no reason whatsoever he's taking out his anger totally and i was thinking that as i was watching the film so you just triggered this mini rant so i'm gonna be very quick uh he uh it's not he's fucking interrupted my interrupted myself and threw my stream off the tracks (laughs) It's, it's it's not just that he's an abusive father. We gab context to it. So it's it's the fact that the mother, we eventually learn, uh, and this leads into the whole sp- spiritual, psychic part of the movie, that the mother had psychic powers. That it's possible that the mother had psychic powers. It's implied the mother had psychic powers. As far as the father's concerned, the mother started going psychotic. She heard voices. She thought that she, people were talking to her. He says that the, the things... talking to her we're telling her to do bad things so we it's implied he thinks schizophrenia we can imply evil spirits if she got caught up some bad ghosts and that she ended up killing herself so the father it's safe to assume that's why we're talking about this it's safe to assume that the father is an alcoholic because he doesn't know how to process the grief he doesn't know how to express the grief he doesn't know how to um, handle his children's grief he doesn't really have any of the emotional or mental tools to do this Uh, Also, if you pay attention when that paper is up, we have a headline about uh, how how military uh, people if he works in a nuclear facility, it's safe to say he might have a military background. Right. Um, It's saying that they're not being compensated properly. There's a thing about the stocks dropping. This is nice. This is 78. We're talking recession, depression. Uh, I don't know if it went as far as depression, but definitely recession. So uh, times are tough. He's dealing with a dead wife kids he doesn't know how to handle he's using alcohol to compensate for it and all that's to it and he's bringing out the rage he doesn't know how to handle all this shit it doesn't excuse what he did but understanding it is a is is a way I mean just having that context i think it i think it's beautiful i think it's such a well-written story because you could tell it's there's a, a writer wrote this movie and it, it makes i'm not surprised joe hill is behind it because he knows how to add layers to that character and give us a real character or not just the stare i the minute i saw he was drunk i was like fuck this character no <laughs> it wasn't that character it wasn't the character from every fucking you know 80s film involving kids and a bad father it, it actually had some fucking substance to it it's great
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And um, the kids,
1: by the way, all great actors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Hard to tell with the dead ones, but I mean...
0: <laughs> so, uh, like, like Scott said, um, there's this character, which is dubbed the Grabber, um, which is played by Ethan Hawke. Um, he is abducting children, <laughs> killing them, and they just keep going missing. Um
1: The worst part about him being called the Grabber, and I appreciate that they had to give him a name, and I appreciate that in the 70s, if you had a serial abductor, you're going to have a name. But when they showed the murder board on uh, his brother's uh, spoilers again, by the way, obviously— um, there's one headline I saw that I couldn't stop looking at. It was like Grabber grabs another. It's like that's just wrong. It's wrong, and you shouldn't have named him that because now you can't. You do that. But it's, it's like it's all, oh, that oh, was horrible.
0: And that actor that plays his brother, Scott Derrickson, who directed this movie, he was also in the film Sinister. He played Deputy So and So. That was him. That's him. Yeah. Oh. But he is also, he is also in a film called Ken Park, directed by, what's his face, the guy that did the the movie Kids. Um, the hell is his name?
1: The Ped? The Pedo?
0: Yeah, well, he's, it's, they always said that he was, but, um, oh, what the hell is his name? I'll just find it real quick. Anyway, he's in that movie, and he's, he's young the guy deputy so and so and the brother, but he's in that movie and he Larry Clark, he's on film jerking off and ejaculating in that movie Ken Park. And that's that actor. His I've career by all in what's that? Yeah. But his <laughs> career by all intents and purposes should probably be ruined. And he managed to actually he was in the uh it movies he played the one uh-huh. character in it um, he's you know actually what? he actually has a career i'm happy he does think... cuz larry clark p- probably should have ruined it
1: i remember the controversy around the film kids and i i believe it was all 100% deserved and i and i re- kind so i remember it at the time i really don't think anybody blamed the child actors for any of that I think their main concern was exploitation of the child actors yeah so I don't yeah when you you say ch- uh, career ruining I would like for an adult yeah for a kid it's almost like hey give this fucking kid another chance look what this asshole did to him yeah uh, well, yeah so I'm, I'm not arguing with you I'm just putting another layer on oh that. no
0: I, I'm just yeah I'm just saying like Larry Clark could have ruined his career uh, he yeah. could have been shunned from Hollywood it's like listen you did that movie where you Ejaculated on screen. What the hell are you thinking? Right. But um, you know, I, I remembered his, his him in that movie. One of one of the more interesting characters. Um, Larry, you know, Ken Park is not a good movie at all. Right. It's a terrible film. But he was one of the more compelling characters. So, um, um,
1: uh, since you jumped to the brother, so so we are introduced to. I, one thing I like the film did is that. Um, um, our introduction to the grabber is slow. So the first time we were introduced to the actual grabber, it's very brief. The film actually fades out the black just as the camera becomes visible in our in our view. Okay. The second time, it's a bit fur. It lasts a bit longer, and we actually see a a figure step out, and we can tell it has a cloak and a hat, like a magician, uh, and then it fades to black. So we have these brief glimpses, almost like psychic visions, which is what the uh, younger child of the uh, dead mother, the alcoholic father, the younger child, she has these psychic dreams. And so I feel like that's almost like done in the same way as her visions The kind of we're the, the film is showing us the same way she kind of is exposed to it. I don't know if that's what they're aiming for, but I'm going to say that is.
0: Yeah, no, So, I, by think, the, I think you're I, on. I think you're on.
1: And when we finally meet him the first time, I rewound that twice and I did I did slides for the show. So I know they really you know, he has white makeup on, but he, he's always moving. His hair is in his way. You never really get a straight on look at him without the mask. And yeah. even then he's got the white face on and the glasses. The closest you get is when he turns to open the van. I have a screenshot of it. That is the closest you get to seeing his full face. And it's like a brief second.
0: Yeah, no, and and the the thing is too, he's wearing like the, the white makeup and whatnot, and mm-hmm. he, because of what happens later on, he he's doing that on purpose. He does not like his face to be seen. That's why he's wearing some some even though it's makeup, it's a, it's a it's mask. A it's a mask yeah. of some kind to to cover it up because it's not his real face, even though it's just white makeup.
1: Here's another reason that you know it's a great, uh, good writer, great film, is that they never really come right out and tell you anything about him. Like, for ex- example, the rapey part, which we all know has happened. <laughs> um, and I will explain again, there's a line that proves that. But um, I was going to say.
0: Oh, real uh, qu- Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I don't want you to lose no, your no, train of thought. No, you said it real quick. I'm no, really I was lost. just going to say uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Tom Savini designed the mask. For this movie i did not know that yeah from oh. what i understand what i was told it was like a throwaway uh that he had from a long long time ago that he designed and didn't use or it wasn't used in a film and he said oh i have this but then i saw some interviews where it just sounds like he designed it from scratch so i don't know what's true yeah but he, I've he might heard, have I, incorporated something. I I've heard both that it was something that was old that he never used, and it was completely designed from the ground. up. I
1: used to be a Tom Savini nut. I I know that he at one point uh, in the height of his career he did special effects for a Chinese horror film or a horror film based in China. But I think it was a Chinese horror film that I have never seen and only saw some few pictures from. It is possible that that might have been involved in that, and that's what they're talking about. Uh, it, also, it is also possible that he just, like, took something from there and said, hey, I'll base this on this idea. Like, maybe the whole, you know, so. Yeah,
0: because I, I, I've i seen some. some uh, dude, some, dude, you yeah.
1: had me at Tom Savini.
0: <laughs> but I have seen some interviews where the director, Scott Derrickson, uh, because I believe Joe Hill describes the mask in the book, obviously, you know, they sent him a bunch of different ones. And he said, this isn't right. This isn't right. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. And then finally, Tom Savini submitted something. He's like that's it we got it Um, because there's different layers to this mask it's not just a mask yeah it's like it's smiling it's sad it's kind of uh ambivalent i mean it's just like it's all kinds of different there's a part where the mask is missing and it's actually the bottom portion of his face exposed yeah you know it's then compartmentalized there's
1: compartmentalized, so we can change it depending on. And I, now I, I gotta, I gotta, um, I have to confess to my ignorance on this. Normally, if I had known in advance that this was based on a Joe Hill book, I did zero research. I went to the film blind because sometimes that's the best way. I'm a contextual, I'm a contextual critic. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I go in the in
0: movies the, more blind more often.
1: I, I don't look, I, 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 you know, you can argue about the background matters and stuff. There's all these different, uh, fields of criticism. I'm more contextual. What's on the screen as, just like what's on the page what's on the screen is what we're talking about nothing behind it but if i had known i would have read the book because i have actually been putting off reading a joe hill book for a long time i've even uh, i i I, uh the book horns they made a movie i haven't even seen the movie but i did listen to him read like the first chapter of it uh uh, i think the moth or some or some uh podcast and uh it was great and i was like oh this is cool but i still haven't gotten around to it so i just keep putting off joe hill stuff so i'm kind of glad i finally saw a joe hill thing
0: cool very very cool. sorry sorry nope that's fine um yeah and then there's portions of the mask where it's just the bottom half but then from the nose up it's or like the yeah the nose up it's exposed so they do that yeah, on it's purpose Two parts yeah they do it on purpose like that Um,
1: Well, it also reflects his now. So at one point. uh, At the beginning, there's two lines, he says, when the first time we meet uh, when he interacts with the kitty kidnapped, Um, the one line he says is that uh, I've I've never heard any of them. And that immediately clued me in to say, all right, we're talking split personalities here and the mask kind of so they don't really come out and say it and they don't like give. It's not like split. You know it's not really that in your face but right. different aspects different masks depend show different attitudes when he's wearing a frowny face he's playing he's doing traps he wants to punish uh he has when he had that blank face where he was just kind he's more kind of like uh he even acts differently when he had the white makeup on yeah so he he obviously obviously is is uh it's going both ways. He's using the mask to, to represent his his motions or what he wants to do or what he's trying to do. And at the same time, it, the mask itself is influencing him.
0: Very much so. Yeah, yeah. The, the mask does play a big part in the film um, because um, I actually watched an, an interview with Ethan Hawke where he was saying, no one's really going to see my actual face in this film very much at all. So he said... So like, "I very end. Yeah, and he said I really have to try and project uh through this mask like my voice, make it deeper, make it louder, make it more aggressive. He goes, I have to do those things because the mask plays such a big part uh in what's you what you see on screen and and what you you know, are uh, per, you know, what you're seeing, what's perceived. So, yeah. it, it's and, interesting.
1: And you know what? I'm biased because I'm, I'm an Ethan Hawke whore. I'll watch anything with him in it. I love it. I,
0: I've, wa- I've watched Ethan Hawke ever since I saw him in Explorers.
1: I, I'm just... That's yeah, the first I,
0: thing I, I ever saw him in.
1: He's one of those actors. I don't care how much people hate it or say anything about it. I, if it's he's in it, I will watch it and give it a chance. I, yeah. I just love it. I've him. always it's liked the, him. Yeah.
0: Do you know he oh, was 15 I, years old when he did Explorers? 15...
1: Jesus, was it movie was it supposed to be in the in 12 13 like 11 or
0: 12 13 11, 12 yeah 11, I read 12 the book 13 as a kid too but, but yeah pretty the sure fact that he age. just doesn't look like he's 15 in that he actually does look like he's 11 12 or 13 years old
1: mm-hmm.
0: he just doesn't look like he's 15. I mean dude I mean he's he for, the, the look at that movie he's a year at that time he's a year away from driving a car I just can't even imagine it he just look, doesn't look like he's older
1: some kids do that look at wesley how long did we take wesley and, and to restaurants and lied and see he was uh under what what's the what's the uh, kids menu limit most of them Actually, are 12 eight? 12 12 yeah oh wesley was like 15 and we were still passing him off as 10 <laughs> uh, he didn't shoot up until like late teens but i uh, so wow. long, there's kids that age they just they didn't hit the growth spurt yet. It, it, I, I totally believe that.
0: Well, my oldest son, um, he is 12, and menus will say 12 and under, and he gets mad when we, uh, we're we like, order off the kid's menu. He's like, I don't want to order off the kid's menu. I'm like, you're not going to eat the regular adult portion. He goes, I'm, well, I'm like, listen, I don't want to pay $18 for your meal yet. I, I want to pay 8 or $9 for your meal right now. It's like, what are you going to get? I'm going to get a cheeseburger. Then get it off the goddamn kid's menu because that you can't finish.
1: <laughs> hey, if they'd let me, I'd order off the kid's menu.
0: Uh, I agree. I agree. Um, I
1: probably almost had the cops called on me because I tried to order off the kid's menu
0: once. Uh, I forget
1: d- if you were there or not.
0: I was absolutely there.
1: Yeah, okay, you remember that. It was the hot dog part, yeah. Yes, it was. Motherfucker, it didn't say, it didn't have an age limit on it. It just said kids menu. Fucking, it's, if it's not in print, I know <laughs> weights and measures, motherfucker. Bring me a hot dog.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. and I'm, I know. I am positive that that restaurant changed that menu with an age because of you. <laughs> hey, and then many I'm, other I'm, ones followed suit.
1: I'm just trying to make the world a better place. That's it.
0: That's all. That's it. One kid's so, meal at a time.
1: So, the big aspect of the black phone is that the two young children have psychic abilities that they inherited uh, supposedly from their mother. Sounds like right. it. Right? So, the younger one, it's acknowledged that she has dreams that sometimes come true. This is revealed through the story of the film. Um, the other kid apparently doesn't seem to have psychic powers, and so he turns to his younger sister to ask her to use them so they apparently think that he doesn't have them but it turns out that he does so that's why they say when he starts answering the black phone is that nobody can hear it except for the grabber so it's obvious to an extent that he does have psychic abilities but he's just more attuned to him so he you know, he can't see the future or like have psychic visions but right. he's able to connect to the dead he has his own superpower basically
0: basically yeah So he's um, so every time the phone rings, he's in communication with one of the kids that the grabber has killed. Um, And they basically throughout the film are giving him hints and ideas and strategy to try and escape because it's every like some of the things that they tell him are some of the things that they tried and didn't succeed in. So they are helping him uh, along the way. You know, it was interesting. I watched a little featurette on how they did that. So the phone that's in the room for the movie is actually connected to uh, a, a dead phone system. Um, it doesn't actually dial out. But the phone is connected to a system. So whenever the phone was picked up on the other side of the wall, the kid that he was talking to was the actual kid from the movie that was abducted and killed, but he's actually on the phone on the other side of the wall and would pick it up. The black phone in the room would ring and then the kid, um uh the, the, the kid that's in the room, that actor, would pick it up and they would act out their lines. So it was actually not voice superimposed later. They okay, were actually cool. out acting out the scene. Um, on on, on, a, on a phone system, on a closed-circuit phone system.
1: I'll be honest, for a minute, you totally fucking lost me. But I'm back with you now. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I liked also how they revealed the kids, like how the first time he's on the phone, um, you just hear the voice. Second time, when he spins around and the ghost is there and he can't see it. Now, I, I actually paused the film and said, all right, I appreciate the scene for two things. One, it was a great jump scare. Two, by having us see the ghost but have not having the character, see the ghost. This is how the film is telling the audience that the ghost is real. And that we're not just dealing with a delusional kid. Cause if you didn't show the ghosts, him talking to the ghosts, um, you could make the argument that, well, he's just going crazy. Like his mother, he's schizophrenic. Right. And he, and this is all from his memories because they're kids he knew or heard about. And you could make that argument. So they squashed that early. And they do that a couple times where they say, Hey, all you right, know what? we're not going there. We're going to tell you now. So don't worry about it. Um, so they squashed that, but it also was great because it shows the progression of how he starts tuning his radio to use a metaphor from, um, or flashlight, one of the two, metaphor from a Kevin Bacon film, *Stir of Echoes.
0: Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he's learning, the, uh, the, um, that was a flashlight, the radio I think is from The Shining, he's learning to tune his radio to get a better uh, focus on the ghost, so that's why the first time he can't see the ghost, then he starts seeing them. Right. And then he starts having visions, I think. He's like he starts actually dreaming where he's actually seeing some of these characters.
0: Uh yeah, definitely seems that way.
1: Yeah, so I, I the film does a great progression of it, which I'm sure it happens in the book. Uh, I I just loved it. I thought that was great. Another another good writing technique, a little yeah. again, it show and a lot of showing not telling. Well, you know what's um,
0: it was interesting too. Scott Derrickson, he directed the film Sinister, which also had Ethan Hawke in it and um, uh, that movie officer so and so um he was in this film but I haven't actually watched the film sinister until two days ago it's one of those movies you're fucking kidding me I swear to God it's one of those I told you I- one of those movies that I've been always meaning to watch and I never got around to it so I Dude, finally I- watched it two days ago. Yeah,
1: I, I told you that was one where I was still living in a separate house than Holly. We were on the same street and uh, middle of the day. One day she calls us like, yeah, I'm halfway through this film. You got to fucking come over now so I can finish it because I'm not watching this alone. And She wasn't <laughs> even alone like Catherine was with her. And it, oh, was, wow. it was like one of the scenes where there, when you, like, you watch the film and then suddenly he moves. Oh, so, like, off, he looks at yeah. It. Off the yeah. screen. Yeah. Yeah, she's like fucking get over here now! You're watching this, and I think I'd already seen it, or I had to. We had to rewind and watch it again. But that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah,
0: that movie's great. And what's what's really great about that movie, um, the sound, the in that movie is mm-hmm. almost its own character. They do an amazing job with using sound sound effects um, to their advantage in that film, where he might be walking through the house and you'll just hear like little creaks and steps and things like that and it's genuinely creepy and if you have a really good sound system it's uneasy it's unnerving yeah. it's really plays a huge part of the film is watching it with the sound that they they they've they've been able to do so I it's mean- it's just a testament to how good of a director scott derrickson is you know it's so,
1: it's, te- it's technically not a haunted house film, but it's it plays like a haunted house film. And I don't like haunted house films. And it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But what, what were we talking about when we sidetracked that?
0: We were talking about the kid having the same powers as his mom. Hmm,
1: that's a weird sidetrack. All right. Um, yeah. So the base and this is the basic gist you can get from watching the trailer is that then the uh, he starts talking to all these kids that uh, the grabber has already? Uh, again, we can agree. We can agree on the rape, right? I, I think we, uh, are we have we have we agreed on the rape.
0: Uh, I'd have I to. Like I, I'd have. I'd have to watch it again and can I just give like you my evidence. Yeah, please.
1: All right. When he first meets him near the end, he says, well, he because he, he's at that first scene where he meets him, where he said he he never killed any of the kids, which again kind of points towards this." Uh, split personality thing uh, in that same conversation and I'm, I'm trying to quote it verbatim but I didn't write it down so it, forgive me if I get a word wrong or two but uh, the child um, he, the kid makes some comment about um, him hurting him or something and uh, Ethan Hawke says it, with, with pauses that I add uh, I would never do anything that you know I would I would never do anything that you didn't enjoy. No. that is rape. That is rape right there. That is butt sex before I kill you and dismember you and bury you and lie. That is rape. I think. <laughs> can we now agree on the rape?
0: If I don't remember that scene, if but
1: I'm accurate. If if I'm correct on that line,
0: if you're correct on that line, then yeah, there's definitely some, right. something Let's going go down.
1: forward. Let's go forward on the assumption that I'm right, which okay. is a safe assumption. And if we're wrong, I will do a full apology in the next episode. Okay. Fair enough?
0: Oh, fair enough.
1: So so we're agreed on the rape.
0: As of now, yes.
1: Thank you. I always like when we can agree on the rape. So. Oh, my God. Now, how do we get on rape? Uh, it came up again, but I forget how. Uh, Yeah, so he's. Oh, yeah, so he's. All the kids that he's raped and murdered uh, are talking to him on the phone, and each of them are telling them, okay, well, I was there. I did this and hit it there. If you go in there. So each one gives them an escape, another tool to try to escape.
0: Yeah, something that they didn't succeed in doing. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, one thing I liked about this film, and this is the thing I turned to Holly and said, and Holly gave this film a thumbs up, so this has got her approval. Nice. uh, Is that she. I, I, I said that I really appreciate that this is a film. This is a horror film where the lead character is doing everything right and still failing, and not not the typical. Oh, I'm gonna keep fucking up because I do something stupid, something that made aud- everything he does. To the audience is not like, oh, well, what the fuck are you doing, moron. So it's it, he does everything right, but he still can't get out, and I like that. It adds more tension. Yeah, it he even more, it, at
0: one point does get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it gets dragged back in.
1: It was so much easier in room.
0: Although it took longer.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, we don't abdicate uh, child abduction. No, of course not. Yeah, Obviously. Uh, that would—that was actually, if I was going to run for like public office, that would be my slogan. Is that right? <laughs> Kidnapping! I'm against it.
0: So I'm actually looking at Scott Derrickson's uh, resume of films here. Uh-huh. <laughs> He did his first film was Hellraiser Inferno direct-to-video. Which
1: one was that?
0: Um, is that
1: the one with, is that the third one?
0: No, I think that's the fifth one.
1: Is that the, that's not the one in space, is
0: it? I don't think so. Well, let's find I'm... out. Uh, a shady police detective becomes embroiled in a strange world of murder, sadism, oh! and madness after being assigned a murder investigation against a madman only known as The Engineer
1: okay hear me out not saying it's a good film but it's definitely fucking interesting and it definitely gives you uh it's definitely fucking interesting it's worth seeing I'm not saying it's a good film (laughs) but I think you should give it a shot
0: I'll give it a shot.
1: And I've and I've seen I'm I'm trying to make my way through the whole hellraiser thing. I'm doing it slowly. And I've seen some where I'd say, do do not give that one a shot. I can uh, this one is actually, yeah, you're gonna enjoy some parts of this.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Um, um
1: but so yeah. psychic stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, if if you're trying to Distance yourself from your father and your writing. Maybe you don't focus on child uh, bullies and child abuse because that's really your father's forte. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Damaged children is really what it, like his whole fucking career is based on. So let kind of find you were doing good with horns, then you had to go back to damaged kids. But I, I did want to say for the film, I, uh, I do appreciate that bullies are all ugly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and if, if you think about it, all three of the main bullies, besides the one that uh, kidnapped and killed, um, and raped. The, all, <laughs> when he have that one shot where he rides by and they're all looking at him. No, no, there was three of them. It was the uh, they, it was the his bodyguard uh, that was uh, raped and killed. Uh, but when he passes by, and all three of them are staring at him. I paused it and I, I got a screenshot for the slideshow. It's like, not only are they ugly, you can tell. That they really if you cast any one of them and made them the victim of bullies, you'd believe it 100 percent, which is really which is really most bullies are really just projecting their own insecurities on those around them. And they always pick people that And it it also helps build their own confidence where it's like, hey, uh, I'm fucking you up. So I'm not as bad as you, even though I somebody, you know, I would be next in fucking line. But at right. least now I'm not. I'm, you know, it's it's really horrible and sick and disgusting, and it really nails it.
0: Uh, I yes, this is true. Sorry, it's okay.
1: The one kid gets a rock to the head. It's fucking awesome, <laughs> dude. Are you sure your father didn't write this and you just like put your name on it because you <laughs> needed like a rent check? Come on.
0: <laughs> uh, then he did the exorcism of Emily Rose, which was actually a huge hit. That was uh, that was a couple a few years later
1: which one is that have i seen that that is the
0: one with the the shit what's her name um uh, is that the found footage one no that is the one with what's her face something carpenter she played the sister in dexter she played she played emily rose the girl that was possessed
1: is that the one where there was a question on whether or not she was actually possessed yes okay i i know i i saw some YouTube videos about the true story behind the horror film. I don't think
0: I've seen the film. He did that one. Then he did the I'm day not big th- on
1: possession films.
0: Yeah, uh, the day the Earth stood still. I think that's the one the with Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. Uh, no, you know what's interesting? I, I was
1: trying to <laughs> watching Futurama and Gort, something Gort comes up on a, like a, a planet of robots. I'm trying to explain to Holly who Gort is. It's like Gort is the fucking robot from the Keanu Reeves remake of that sci-fi film. So you lost me. My clatus like, verata nicto. So you're speaking gibberish. So fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then he did sinister. Oh. Then he did deliver us from evil. That um, is. That one is with. I feel like I've seen. Eric Bana, Olivia Munn, and it's about. New York police officer Ralph Sarchi investigates a series of crimes he joins forces with an unconventional priest schooled in the rites of exorcism to combat the possessions that are dot 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 All right,
1: uh, I I don't like possession movies. I'm not a fan of them, so I I am pretty sure I haven't seen that one. Okay.
0: It actually it's a six, It might be on my 6. Plex. 6.2. 6.2 on that one.
1: It might be on my Plex by No, I haven't seen it.
0: Then he did Doctor Strange he made a, a MCU movie. Liked it? Yeah. Uh, and then... Holy crap. he That's the last film he did before The Black Phone. Oh. So he went on a six-year, five-year hiatus. Good for him. Which is interesting.
1: Making movies is hard.
0: It's... yes. And He's, pays
1: well it, enough that you can take a five-year hiatus if so, you really you know, manage your money properly.
0: So he's in pre-production for a movie called The Gorge. Which does it have uh, two very dangerous young people who, despite the corrupt and lethal world they operate in, find a soulmate in each other? That's interesting.
1: We're we're definitely ruining our goal at half an hour.
0: Oh, we're already at an hour. Yes, um, right. And oh god, it's eleven o'clock.
1: Fuck. Yeah, we got to wrap up. Come on.
0: God damn. All right, stop your,
1: stop your little trip there. Let's back it up and get back on the road. I wanted to say briefly, just to get us back on track, yeah. the psychic part. I actually, you know, this film handles it well. It doesn't come off cheesy. Uh, again, your father kind of covered psychic ki- kids, dude. Really, go back to the horn thing. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I thought the fact that the I, I thought it interesting that the, that the daughter uh, is contributing, uh, attributing her psychic dreams to Jesus. And the But but what she does when she opens up the dollhouse and puts up all her religious trinkets has a very kind of like uh, ritualistic feel to it. it can, you could almost con- confuse it like a witchcraft ceremony. So I find that interesting. And I like, and I, between that and the progression of the psychic abilities revealed by the kid and the plausible background of a mother that maybe didn't handle psychic visions that well, I, I thought it was all done fucking beautifully. And and and, and dude, he fucking kills them. <laughs> that was um by the way honestly this is the first film i've ever seen where 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 they imply that being known as the kid that killed a man actually improves your 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 uh status amongst your your school kids your your, your fellow students right. really is that really a thing where they're just like yeah i heard he i heard he fucking beat him to death with a phone too <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey i want to date you you're scarred for life right yeah when did this become an end thing yeah yeah there was a school shooting he stabbed him in the throat with his uh teacher scissors and watched him die really yeah is he single who's he seeing what the fuck's going on here uh. i i really and this is the 70s before school shootings were popular you know right I, you i just really think it was, it was such an unrealistic ending I, it, it really bothered me I really should... I know they were trying to put a happy ending on it, but dude, there's no happy ending walking out of that house. You're still fucking scarred for life. He killed him. That's when it's his, his, his sister runs up and hugs him, and he's got his head. All I'm thinking is like, yeah, so I killed a guy. Uh, I can't think of anything else to talk about for the next five or six years. How about you? <laughs> fucking... And, and, and,
0: he sits down next to his dad, steals his drink,
1: you know, it's funny how, again, Holly liked the film, but, uh, at, so when he, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm we're not going to go into much detail because we don't want to ruin a lot of this film. It's really a great film. But at the end, when he's beating him with the fucking phone, uh, spoiler, uh, after four or five hits, Holly's like, run, he's got to run now. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about? Kill that motherfucker. <laughs> it's like I'm usually I, I it's like and it's like I totally understand that but it's like after everything he's been through he says no, no, you're not leaving this you're you're leaving a corpse. That's the only way I'm leaving this fucking room. That's right. <laughs> I mean and by the way, I did not call the steak coming back.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: When he walked when he climbs that freezer and all he finds a steak, there was no part of me that said, Well this is gonna come back in the third act. No. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm tired. I'm done. I'm sorry. No, yeah, it's okay. We are done. We are done. Let's go ahead and end this shit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in with us and hanging out. Uh, thank you as always for joining us every week Thursdays, eight o'clock EST. More, uh, give, or take give, give or, take. or take. give or take. Jeez, give or take. Give are take. Cut right. me some slack. Thursday nights. There you go. Um, you can go to our website at moviesactastic.com. You can download or listen to the show there. You can go to iTunes and do the same thing. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can email us at the movie guys at com. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash And... You can just do a general search for Moviesucktastic on the web, and we're just about everywhere. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? I can't hear you. Your Your mic went up.
1: <laughs> I won't do anything that you don't enjoy.
0: <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. A black phone. <laughs> I have a black phone. It's right here.
1: Oh, hi, black phone. You rip anybody today? Ha,
0: ha, ha. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye-bye.